interesting people, incredible stories. This is Talk All Things with JP. Welcome to Talk All Things with JP. I'm your host, JP. Thanks to Brulé Patisserie, a little piece of Europe in Melbourne. Emmanuel Kelly was born and abandoned into war-torn Iraq. He was raised at an orphanage before being adopted and brought to Australia for life-changing surgery. Emmanuel's sheer passion for singing for life and for dreaming big in the face of huge obstacles led him to achieve his dreams of becoming a singer and a media sensation after his Australian X Factor audition went viral. And welcome to Talk All Things, Emmanuel. (laughs) Thanks, mate. No worries. Very excited to have you on. Me too, JP. I'm I'm, I'm excited too, mate. You're... uh... You're an absolute legend, so it's a, it's an honour. Thank you. So are you. I'm a massive fan of you. Ah, oh, thanks, mate. Well, I'm a fan of you too. <laughs> Thank you. Emmanuel, <laughs> let's talk singing. Do you remember the first time when you sang in front of anybody? Do you know what? Yes, I do. I do remember the first time I first sang for anybody. It was... Uh, I was about nine years old. I'd been in Australia for about a year and a half, and that's not counting the times when I performed in the Middle East, in Iraq, to to the kids or to my brother for uh, for um, you know kind of a safety mechanism, which I used to use music as in the in in Iraq um, when a bomb would go off or whatever it was. That's what I kind of used it for. But um, when I came out to Australia, was when I actually really sung you know, sung, sung um, for, uh, for for an audience that would criticize or have any, any, uh, any critical view. And, uh, and it was at this event in Queensland. I remember singing, Give Me a Home Among the Gum Trees, a super Aussie song, and uh, Yellow Submarine from the Beatles. And uh, mum go, and, you know, everyone in the audience loved it, all that sort of stuff. And there's this woman that came up to my now mum at the time, Auntie Moira, we called her, and uh, and they said, God, he can really sing. And she goes, no, he can't. Don't tell him he can, because if you do, then he's going to get a big head. Um, so, uh, so uh, and I did get a big head slightly. But um, but no, it was uh, it was pretty funny, and, uh, and that was the first time I started singing. That was the first time I realized I've got something, and, I can use my voice to uh, to do something pretty magical with it, um, but yeah, that was the that was the first time I remember singing. It was in Queensland at Cairns at an event out there for my mum. Thank you for sharing that. I absolutely love hearing that. Um, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk X Factor. That must have been yeah. a life changing experience. Could you share about it? Yeah, so X Factor was a huge life-changing experience on multiple fronts. I I originally went on X Factor because I was actually an extraordinarily insecure human. I wanted to be a star, and I thought by being a star, I'll become popular, and people will love me, and you know I'll feel more acceptance towards the way I look and the way I am. 
um, from my skin colour to my physical, um, you know, physical um, capabilities and 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 appearance, right? So, I, I that's what I thought. It was also a way to get the girls. It worked. In fairness, it did work. But um, the problem with it was I didn't actually feel secure afterwards. I, if anything, I felt even more secu- insecure. Um, but I went on exactly for that reason, and I sung a song. Imagine, and without even realizing, without asking for it, I suddenly became a beacon to the rest of the world when all I wanted to do was just become a pop star and just become recognized for my ability to sing and just be cool and be like every other teenager that that was in the world and just feel like I can, you know, make a living out of music and use my music to also help my mom and make tons of money and all that sort of stuff. And that was, those were the real reasons I went on that show, right? Was so I can do all those things. Um, but then afterwards it, it became a whole different scenario. I toured, I had great experiences on tour. I saw loads of people, but similar and performed in front of tens of thousands of people on average a night. Um, but then after a while I started recognizing that, um, you know, people were loving me, but it wasn't real love. It was fake love. And I was receiving all this kind of materialistic love from people. But there was the, the problem with that love was it didn't help me to feel inspired, to feel that I could love myself or feel, you know, self-love or self-embracement or, or realize that I, I'm, I'm, I'm just as unique. So that was a difficult journey for me because simultaneously to that, I also had even more criticism than ever before, criticism that I didn't even like from people sending death threats to people, you know, from people uh, around the world, record labels, record execs, saying I'll never make it because I look too different. So it just got worse and worse and worse. So amongst this amazing lifestyle I was living and the people I was hanging out with from the Snoop Dogg to meeting the Bruno Mars people and, and so on and so forth to to suddenly simultaneously having all this negativity in my life that I never had before, it was very confusing. <laughs> I think it's confusing on anyone. Um, so I had this amazing life, but then simultaneously I had this very, very frustratingly sad existence and I wasn't happy. And it took me a while to recognize that the only way I could throw that life away and the only way I could you know, appreciate all the good things that this life could offer me, um, I had to love myself. I had to embrace myself. So if I didn't have that experience at X Factor, I probably would have gone about my life for the rest of my life always feeling insecure, always feeling like I could never, I never had what it takes. So even though I experienced all this crap, that crap helped me become the secure person that I am today where I get to pursue my dreams. I get to fight for the for, for, for others that may have dreams as well and inspire them to pursue their dreams. I get to, you know, help my mom. I get to do all the things that I've always wanted to do. So I had to go through that frustrating hardship and that war zone that I had to fight within me. You know, it's almost like I came out of a war zone in Iraq then, then just sort of entered back into a different war with myself and with this nasty industry being the entertainment industry, but then came out a better person in the end. 
and realize that this industry can be amazing and powerful and exceptional and incredible and it can change people's lives and it can inspire people to be better. So, you know, I, I, I got the best and the worst parts of this world all in one go once again, but this time as a teenager. That's what X Factor did for me. So it was it was a very like a very confused young man. <laughs> Just in a different sort of confusion. But yeah, it was um it was uh, it was definitely a, an exciting experience but also a, a terrifying experience at the same time. And um with all those uh negative things um and words coming to you, uh did you have anyone like guiding you or helping you um, getting out of it? I think yes. I, I I was lucky to have people that were willing that were willing to guide me. But the reality is, the only person that I could count on in guiding me was me. Right. So I just had to figure a way out. I had to not be afraid to ask for help. And I think that's the problem that we live in today: is everyone's always afraid to just ask for help. You know, our pride gets in the way. Or, our egos or we don't believe that there's anything wrong with our lives and sometimes it's important just to take a step back and look at our entire life that we're living and ask ourselves that one big question whilst looking at the mirror uh, you know are you happy do you love yourself and if you can answer that question with your wholehearted honesty then and and, and honestly you can answer that question with a yes and you know, bloody oath, let's, let's keep going. But if you are unsure, then it's probably a good idea to just go and talk to somebody or ask for help. So I had to do that. But for a long time, I wouldn't accept people's help. I, I didn't want to accept people's help. But we've all got help around us if we just ask for it. And it could come in the most unexpected places. Um, so, yeah, I, I did have help. Um, but at the time, I didn't realize I had help. And you mentioned some big names like uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, Bruno Mars. Now let's yeah, talk. <laughs> now let's talk about Coldplay. What's it like working with Coldplay? He is a horrible human being, Chris Martin. No, he's amazing, man. I love working for, for Coldplay um, and with Coldplay. Chris is one of the most exceptional people in the world and he's one of those people that had his problems in his past and he just, he asked for help. You know, he recognized he didn't want to realize that he had help, but the minute he kind of helped himself embrace who he is, um, he was able to ask people for help and those people helped him embrace himself even more. So, you know, kind of learning to some from somebody like that and being guided by somebody like that that's so emotionally awoken. I know that sounds weird and corny, but he's he's very emotionally engaged with himself. He's you know, he has enormous amount of empathy and, and love for the world and for the, the job that he does. And just seeing that and understanding that and learning from a human being like that it's 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 incredible. You know, it's 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 beautiful. So um but that's what Chris is, you know. So working with Chris is is incredible, and and you know, and then kind of getting to know the rest of the band as well, and and Johnny and and all the other guys, you know, it's it's they're all 
beautiful people, Phil, et cetera. They're all beautiful, beautiful people. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to, to, to know Johnny Guy and, and, and Chris and Phil and, um, and, uh, and all the team at Coldplay, you know? I love hearing that. Uh, so you performed all around over the world. Is there one, yeah. is there one moment that stands out for you? Um, yeah, probably performing on stage with Coldplay, to be honest. That, that to me stands out the most still till, till this date. Um, but from a, from an achievement perspective, like I was in a really, you know, like in a real rut. I was, you know, I'd been, I'd spent six months, uh, six or a year homeless sleeping on someone's couch in a week of that year prior to the Coldplay, I'd spend, you know, like a week on a park bench, you know. So that, like performing with Coldplay and doing that just, I don't know, it, it gave me this feeling that things are going to change and things are starting to go and, and things are going to look up. Um, it took a while before that started happening, even after Coldplay, but it did start looking up and that was what was amazing. So performing with Coldplay, honestly, was, yeah, it was it was performing Coldplay. It was kind of getting to know Chris and getting to know the band and, and spending time with them. That's what it did for me. And then another experience, I did a show in Mexico and there was a kid uh, that had, um, this was just before COVID in 2019, he had, um, had a condition called progeria and uh, he, uh, he, he kind of, at the end of the show, I, I kind of get everyone just before the last couple of songs I get, you know, two or three people in the audience ask me any question in in the, you know that they want. Doesn't matter if there's twenty thousand people in the audience or or, or one thousand, you know, or one hundred people or ten people. Doesn't matter. I, I still get them to ask a question. And this one kid, he's twelve years old, and progeria is a rapid aging syndrome. So it's like Benjamin Button syndrome, but backwards, you know. So um, he asks the big question, and he says, "What's your purpose?" And I said, music, singing, you know, entertainment. He goes, no, that's your passion. What's your purpose? And I'm thinking this 12-year-old asking me this question, but it made me rethink my life a little bit, um, especially during COVID. Um, but it also inspired me to start my new company with Chris Martin and Joanne Ray, who's a partner with us. And she's ran BBC Films and and Red Bull Cinema and all that sort of stuff. She's amazing, and she's a writer herself. And so it may it inspired me to sort of approach these two individuals and say, right, I want to start a company, and it's called Outlier, and and this is what we're this is what um this is what the purpose of the company is to put differently abled people that are disabled or outliers, I like to call them, or us, um, in front of camera and behind the camera, but in non um, disabled or differently abled roles, but in highly commercial roles that that has nothing to do with their disability or nothing to do with their story, and we don't even talk about it in in the films. It's just they're in it and they're playing key roles, and 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 um, you know, and that that was kind of the that was kind of the the purpose of the company. So those were the two performances because they've shaped what I'm doing today. And with your music. Who are your um, people you like to go to? Like, who are your inspiration? What music do you listen to? 
Um, my biggest inspiration today that I listen to would have to be, you know, I have different inspirations for different, you know, genres, but like, um, my biggest inspiration would be Coldplay, obviously, you know, naturally. Um, my second biggest inspiration would be John Legend. I absolutely love John John, uh, John Legend, and probably Ed Sheeran. Those are kind of your, my three sort of top inspirations. Um, and then I have other, you know, I have artists that I kind of draw influence from when I do songs like Imagine Dragons and, and guys like that. So for me, it's 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 those artists that really kind of get me um, get me uh, tingly and make me feel like. You know, anything's possible and um, you can have a hit at any age. You know, John Legend had his sort of first massive global hit, which was All of Me in his mid-30s, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I'm a strong believer. And then, you know, Ed Sheeran, you've got this sort of ranger, you know, redhead guy who's, who's you know, who kind of completely defies the, the laws of, um, of beauty of what you know what beauty is in the music industry and kind of redefines being cool redefines what you know what what it means to to be cool and be um, and be sexy or a sex you know symbol and 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 kind of redefines what you need to be in the music industry and I think that was really important at the time because everyone thought to be a pop star or to be a superstar you have to be you have to look a certain way or you have to be a certain way. And Ed Sheeran kind of redefined that. He's a good-looking redhead and that's, you know, that was that was cool, you know, and that's how he kind of embraced that. Um, and Chris Martin, I mean, he's, you know, between him and, and the three of these guys, they are, you know, probably some of the world's best, you know, lyricists of all time. You know, the way they write, you've got Ed Sheeran who writes complicated, you've got, um, John Legend, who writes in this kind of, he tells a story when he writes a song. And then you've got Chris Martin, when he writes, he believes in simplicity. You know, like the song needs to be simple and it needs to deliver the story you want to deliver, but in the simplest um, way possible where every artist and every individual in the world can understand the story of that song. So he kind of takes you on a trance, you know. That's what Chris does. You know, Ed Sheeran takes you, takes you into a complicated life, life journey. And then you've got John Legend who takes you on a love ballad journey, you know? So it's like, it, it, it's like the best of every world of music with those three artists. Um, and I love that. I love that. You know, you've got a spiritual journey, you've got a technical, um, complicated journey of life. And then you've got the love, the love, the love journey, whether it's love for yourself or love for somebody else, and that's kind of what what John Legend does. So it's like the perfect the perfect trio. And you've just dropped a new single. What's the inspiration behind that single? My Sky, yeah. Look, I, I was I started writing My Sky right after X Factor um, because I, I genuinely felt like the Sky I, I could make the Sky mine after that. Um, but then I never got to finish the song. I didn't know how to finish the song. We kind of got it, you know, there and, and, a, and a decent demo myself and, and, um, and, uh, and Rob Secchi, my co-writer. Um, but we never, we never got it to a place where we just felt like this was going to be 
the hit that it deserves to be or this was going to be the song that everybody feels aspired to or inspired by. So um, so we left it. We just left it there. We left we left it sitting. And one day it was, you know, just before performing with Coldplay, um, you know, that year I was homeless. I, 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 that week I spent on a park bench. I don't know. There was this, you know, every day of the week I just, I felt more self-loathing. I felt more hopeless. I felt like I couldn't get out of this situation. I refused to call my mum. I wouldn't call my brother. I wouldn't call my family to just let them know. And when they would call me, I'd say, everything's great. Everything's perfect. You know, oh, yeah, no, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And I kept saying it. But the reality is they didn't know. But I was just sleeping on this park then. So, you know, I, um, I, 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 that was the place I was at at the time. And it was a Thursday on Thursday morning at at around about four forty nine a.m. Um, the sun just started to rise um, in Santa Monica, uh, and it was the smallest trickle of it. And then at around five thirty a.m., you could see the sun on the horizon. Um, and in that moment, I just seeing the sun that day it just felt different i felt more more of the heat of that sun i felt more of the love from that sun it was like it was like life it gave me rejuvenating life and i realized in that moment in that sunrise that the sky is mine in that in that in that in that and what am i doing and i've got to stop and it was like this voice in my head saying just ask for help. Like you've got all these people around you that can help you. Just ask for it. So I, um, I went for a walk, and I hate walking, um, but I went for a walk. And as I was walking, every second bench there was another homeless man, and another homeless man, or a woman, and another homeless man and woman. And then finally, I re- arrived at that final sort of thing, and I saw a homeless family. There was a child. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a, um, it was a father and the child would have been no older than maybe three or four years old. And in that moment, I just stared into that child's life and I thought, you're in this situation, but yet you're probably looking at this guy thinking the entire world is, is, is is at your disposal and you will not know any better. And I hope to God that one day, you know, 10 years from now, you either see me in this moment or see somebody, you know, somebody, somebody on stage that you can feel aspired to. And you'll either find a way out of this situation or your parents are going to find a way out of this situation. But the point is there were these, there was, so many people more worse off than me. And I was feeling self-loathing because the fact that there was a child, a mother and a father homeless told me that things must have been like for it to be that bad, to be on the spot, like on a park bench in Santa Monica. And I'm complaining about myself, not figuring a way out. I had nothing to complain about in that moment. And so I made the first call I could, I could, I could find I you know I, I still had my iPhone I still had my monthly plan that I wasn't even paying for you know so I made that phone call 
And I, funny enough, I called my boy Rob. Well, first of all, I called somebody and I said, I need help. I'm sitting on a park bench. He told me to, you know, shut the F up and literally just tell me exactly where I was. He got in his car. He picked me up. He took me out for breakfast. And, you know, it was this kid, Josh. He knew the situation I was in. And we had a, we had, and, and he gave me his couch for an entire year. Um, and while I was on that couch, I called up my boy, Rob, and I said, Rob, we're going to finish my song, My Sky. And we finished the song. And because in that moment, I realized the reality is, you know, every sunrise can change your life, right? So your life can change with every and any sunrise. So, you know, I finished the song, the song was done. And that year I spent just finding a way out, you know, finding a way to love myself. I found quotes. There was a quote by um, by uh, a guy named Wayne Dyer that said, it's none of your business what anybody thinks of you. And so I decided to finish that quote and, uh, and I finished it too. It's only your business what you think of yourself. So I started going with that belief and every day I kept saying it in front of the mirror and eventually I loved myself and, 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 and by the end of me kind of embracing who I am and, and where I've come from and what I've done and the fact that I am different and I embrace the fact that I'm freaking different and I love the fact that I'm different because that's what makes me unique and cool and that's what makes us all unique and cool is, 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 is embracing that we're different. We're all different. Um, so the minute I started embracing that, my sky was whole. It finished. Everything about my sky just felt whole because I, uh, I, I, in that moment, I, you know, the minute I started fully embracing myself, I made the sky mine. And what's the plan for you in 2024? Um, the plan for me in 2024 is to tour for, with Coldplay, to shoot my first two films, and to start up to Crippendales. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, that's that, that's the plan, man. Just to, to, to tour with Coldplay, to star in my first two films, which, 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 in all honesty, film and television is 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 and has been always my first passion, um, my first big dream. Um, music has been just my tool, you know, to, to to share with the world my story. You know, that's kind of been the tool for me. Is is because in acting, I, I I I'll never able to truly share, you know, my story. Um, you know, from my own words as an actor, but with music I can. So I can utilize both of these, both of these passions. With acting, I can show the world anything's possible, and with and and you don't have to look a certain way to be an action hero or whatever it is. And with music, I can share my story and hopefully inspire others um, through those words of that story. So that's it's like the perfect double. Um, so yeah, touring with Coldplay. Um, which is you know a dream come true, and and acting in my first two films, which is another dream come true, and then releasing my album, which is executive produced by Chris himself. Um, and Emmanuel, for all my listeners who are listening to this um episode, and they want to keep following your journey, where could they check out um your socials and your new single? Yeah, they can go to the Emmanuel Kelly on Instagram. 
Emmanuel Kelly uh, on um, on spelled with two M's by the way E M M A N U E L um, and then Kelly on TikTok and then uh, Emmanuel Kelly again on Facebook um, Twitter I don't really use so I'm not too stressed about that but um, Twitter is uh, Emmanuel um, Emmanuel Kelly as well so. Yeah, you can find me on those. And for the song, you can go to all platforms, Spotify, YouTube, um, all the platforms you could possibly ever imagine. It's all there, <laughs> you know. So, um, But Spotify is probably the best place or YouTube. Emmanuel, thank you very much for coming on to my podcast show and having a chat with me. I really appreciate it. I love he- hearing your story. Can't wait to see where you go. And um, hopefully we'll have a chat again very soon. For sure, JP. I appreciate you, brother, and on you for doing this, man. You're kicking ass. I love it. Thank you. I really appreciate that coming from you. Cheers, mate. Absolutely. Keep going, brother. Keep going. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Take it easy, mate. Bye. And a great chat from Emmanuel. Love his singing. Thanks for listening to Talk All Things with JP. I'm your JP. See you next week. This has been another episode of the Talk All Things with JP podcast. For more, check us out on Spotify and chuck us a like on Facebook and Instagram.